Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to tune in for new episodes every Wednesday and Grand Prix Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking F1 podcast presented by Sam Sage, Harry Eid and me, Ben Hocking. We've gone from preview to review. I'm back to preview again. It's race two coming up this weekend uh, and we're back in Saudi Arabia for the second ever Grand Prix in Jeddah. Um, hopefully we get something a bit better than the snooze fest we had last year. That was a real dull one. Can't remember anything about it. Um, but of course, yeah, that's coming up this weekend. Uh, but today, as we record this, preview episode, but it is a massive, massive day. Do you know why, Sam? Oh, no, why? What happened? <laughs> it's the man's birthday today. Who's Mags? The man. Big Zonts. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> God, I thought I'd forgotten something really important. I thought I'd forgotten Ben's birthday for a second. I was like, wait, no, 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 he's definitely That's, that's in August. August. That's August. You're July and I was two weeks ago. You had me there. It is Ricardo Zonta's birthday, um, as we record this. A massive fan oh, of the podcast. He might not know about it, but he's a massive fan of the podcast. Oh, that is nice. I, oh. I'm very pleased to oh, be on a preview podcast. Oh, yeah, you weren't here last week, were you? Yeah. LB Light. It's good to have you. Well, <laughs> I, I haven't had words with you about that yeah. yet. God damn it. <laughs> I'm guessing as well that the trick to you getting predictions right is that you can't be here to give them, so it's going to be back to normal this week. (laughs) Correct. I only can pre-record correct predictions. Well, you can look forward to that one a bit later on, folks, because we do have bold predictions, poll one, two, three predictions coming up later on. Uh, As well as that, we're also talking uh, about whether drivers should be allowed to race whilst they have COVID. That is a discussion that's happening quite a lot in the F1 world at the moment. Uh, Stefano Domenicali, a few uh, comments from him about Las Vegas potentially happening and a 30-race calendar. Could that be on the horizon? 
And to round off the show, um, we have something in store. That's right, F1 Order Please is back for, I think it's third instalment as Harry and Sam go head-to-head in that very specific quiz. But we'll start with the preview of the Saudi Grand Prix coming up this weekend. Uh, Naturally, Red Bull need to catch up a bit. They are last um, and they are running the risk of not beating the likes of Williams this year, so they could do with some points. Question is, how will Max Verstappen and Red Bull react after Nilpois? In Bahrain, what are you saying, Sam? Um, hello, everyone. Nice to see you. Nice to speak to you. Hope you're having a lovely day slash morning dash evening wherever you are in the world. Um, yeah, I mean Saudi is coming up. It's, <laughs> it was absolute chaos last time. Um, I'm hoping we see some absolute chaos this time. Maybe not in the same form of possible brake checks and rows on the on the racetrack, but I'd like to see some quality quality overtaking and some good racing. So. Fingers crossed, folks. Uh, Max Verstappen, Red Bull, of course, absolutely languishing at the back of the grid. Terrible, terrible performance that they had in Bahrain. I'm joking. Pure, pure reliability issues. Both cars struck that in the last couple of laps. And I'm really annoyed at Red Bull, actually, because my predictions were on to be 100% correct for the pole 1, 2, and 3. I never looked like I was going to be more right. And then the bloody Red Bull powertrain, or whatever it was, failed, and I was in the mud. In the mud. And now Harry Eade is winging this stupid bold prediction thing. Makes me so angry. So we move on. As the kids say, we move. Over to Saudi Arabia. Uh, we're at Jeddah. Arguably the most terrifying track to have ever been created for a Formula 1 purpose. And I think that Red Bull are going... That's if the powertrain works, folks. Caveat. I think they are going to absolutely dominate at Jeddah. I think this is like Adrian Newey's playground this is long sweeping corners you know <laughs> it's, it's just like here. adrian Newey on a seesaw in the middle <laughs> yeah. of turn five it's up there with like a like in the sand pit around turn nine and stuff like that on his own creating f1 cars in the sand pit um you know he is an aero master you know uh masking in the sky sports uk comms box said at the Bahrain grand prix i swear the man can see air particles because he just understands movement of air so well and I feel like Jeddah is a real demonstration of a combination of power and aerodynamic prowess coming together. Um, and this is what Red Bull do very, very well. They have always been great at that chassis understanding airflow. And they looked very strong in Bahrain. And I think the track was more of a power track. We understand that that Ferrari engine is incredibly strong. But, you know, Red Bull was strong once again. You know, characteristically so, strong again in that middle sector. And that middle sector lends itself to cornering. And what are there a lot of in Saudi Arabia? corners um so i think with the, with the help of slipstream with the help of those big drs zones i think they can mix up the balance in qualifying on that saturday and make sure that they maybe get themselves in front of ferrari but i really think that that first sector in particular which has got the slightly slower corners are going to really lend themselves to red bull to max verstappen we saw how well he was doing here um last season until hamilton with that monster mercedes engine came along and we had the drama but I really do think that this is where Perez and Verstappen are going to step up. And I think they're going to be fired up a lot more since the double reliability issue that they received last time out. So, for me, I think this is all positive. I think they're going to come back strong and we're going to have a real championship fight on our hands. For those saying that, Red, uh, that Ferrari have got by far the best car, I think you're jumping the gun a little bit too early. Red Bull know what they're doing. Harry, do you foresee a bit of a Red Bull comeback here? Um... Yeah, I'm on a similar wavelength to Sam. To be honest, I I think they they're not they don't need to 
do anything different in their approach this weekend. I think they prove that they have a quick car, and arguably Verstappen may may have had a quicker car than than Leclerc, but he you know he didn't get the move made, and he couldn't really follow. Not because of turbulent air, but because his brakes and stuff were getting too hot. And I think they were fairly evenly matched, but I think I, I think. I think Verstappen potentially had the quicker car underneath him on the day in Bahrain. So, yeah, they uh, I don't think they're going to panic as long as the car finishes this time. Um I think they're still in a in a good position. So, and as Sam said, I think this is a track that will suit them. Verstappen just needs to pull together a qualifying lap and don't bin it on the last last corner this year. Max, just keep it in out of the wall. Um but yeah, I think they're going to be strong, but you know, I don't think there's calls for alarm within Red Bull. I think they know what, I think they know the package they have underneath them. Um, yeah, I think it'll be close with Ferrari again. I think they're going to dominate, but I think they're definitely easily in with the shout of a win here. So, yeah, I, I think they'll be fairly calm going into this weekend. I think they've definitely got a good shout of winning it. I was going to kick off this argument by saying. Um it's a long season but actually when we get into the next few seasons if Domenicali is to be believed it'll actually be something of a sprint this year at just 23 <laughs> races having said that it is a long season um, and there is a long long way to go so I would echo what Sam said that I would not uh, I, I, I would not sweep to any uh, conclusions just yet about the Ferrari being omnipotent I wouldn't sweep to any conclusions that Red Bull are going to be massively unreliable all year. Let's wait and see how the next few races unfold before we start doing so. Um, it, it is interesting, though, because Max Verstappen and Red Bull last year weren't necessarily too often in the position of being the hunter. They, they were generally the team that was that was being caught for most of the year. They were the ones leading the way. Um which firstly is actually very interesting how it ended up that way in 2021 because by all accounts, the the seven-time world champion is the one who is expected to be um, the, hun the hunted and the hunter is the, the young Max Verstappen who's never been in a championship fight before. But the way last season worked out, it was actually questions were asked of Hamilton rather than Verstappen and it was the, it was about can Hamilton keep up with Verstappen more than the other way round. So it was, it was interesting, that dynamic. Um... And just to prove that point, there's currently 15 points between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Lewis Hamilton, of course, finished on the podium in Bahrain. Max Verstappen scored no points. That is a larger gap between Hamilton and Verstappen than Hamilton had at any point last year. So Hamilton's dead on to win the championship this year, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> um, it's right. it, is, it is interesting, though, because Max Verstappen, again, Questions are being asked of him in ways that maybe they weren't last year. There is one notable exception to that, I think, um, and we'll have to cast our minds back. But if you remember the first four races of last year, Hamilton won three of those four races. Um, and he was actually winning them in slightly different ways, which was very ominous because the more different ways you can win, the more confidence you have that you can go out and win the whole season. So you remember Hamilton won in Bahrain last year. That was due to what I would call a Verstappen error. Um, when he went for that overtake. Hamilton also won in Portugal, when I think Mercedes just had a dominant car. But then they also won in Spain, where they didn't have a dominant car, but they strategically outfought Red Bull. So he had three different winning, uh, three different routes to winning in three different races. And we came to race five, which you might remember was Monaco. 
and I remember the preview quite well, and we were asking the question, does Verstappen need to win this weekend after the momentum that Hamilton early in the year was already building? We said, yeah, I, we know it's early, but he's got to win just to, just to make sure, put a foot in the door and say, no, I'm here for the long haul. And he dominated, and he was fantastic at Monaco. And I think he's in something of a similar situation here, and there's only been one race, but he's the one playing catch-up now, and I think there is every chance that this weekend he goes out there and he delivers. You think Monaco last year, he had some demons that he had to put to rest. He had some bad performances at Monaco in previous years where he should have won and didn't. Similar with Saudi, you know. He should have had pole last year, no doubt about that. And the race didn't quite go to plan, obviously, as we know. Um, so I think there is every chance that Max Verstappen has an almighty comeback this weekend. I think that's the mindset he will go in with. But we'll... We'll wait and see. We don't know where Ferrari and Mercedes will stack up and, you know, Haas, their championship contenders now as well. So, Speaking of Ferrari, they obviously haven't had as recent championship contention as Mercedes or Red Bull have had. Generally speaking, not just in this weekend, but also wider across the whole season. Harry, do you think that's going to negatively impact them? It's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because... Um... You know, if you're Leclerc or Sainz, you also got to believe in your team. But if you're looking back at recent form, the last times they were involved in a, in a title fight, you think 2017, 2018. 2017, the car started to break down towards the end of the year. 2018, again, things got tricky. There were questionable calls. So you, you'd be slightly nervous. Um, you know, they haven't had the pressure. When was the last time they had the pressure of going into a final race? 2012? With a championship decider, so you know that's a that is a long time ago, kids. If anyone was wondering, it's ten years ago. Um, We'd only yeah, just left school. It, exactly. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Sam had just turned yeah, so fifty. That... <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for something. Oh, I couldn't. I tried. I really tried. Oh, I've got that old. Oh, pensioner over there. <laughs> um, literally like half a year older than me. Uh, anyway, what was my point? Yeah, look, so I don't, I don't know whether it's going to, you know, completely impact them. And at this stage, you'd suggest no. But I think if they are in this fight for the long haul, um, as we get towards the end of the year, I think you can, you know, you might see cracks start to appear. And the same for Leclerc and for Signs, if they're both involved in a, in a title fight, they've never been involved in a Formula One title fight before. We saw Verstappen last year. I think. In fact, Saudi Arabia last year was probably the rate, you know, Verstappen's poorest race, and in terms of, in terms of racecraft, but also in terms of his mentality. I remember after the race, he he wasn't in a good place as we headed into the final round. I think he could start to see it potentially slipping away. So, it's it's a difficult thing to deal with if you're one of these young drivers, and Leclerc and Sainz haven't dealt with it before. So, yeah, it's something that w I think you know could definitely have a an effect as we move throughout the year. At this point, I think Ferrari just glad to have a quick car, and Leclerc and Sainz are glad to have a quick car. So I don't think it really matters to them too much. They they'll probably have an eye on the title, but they're not thinking about it too much in the, in a way that will affect them. But yeah, it's definitely one to keep an eye on as we move throughout the year. 
Sam, what, what do you think on this one? It has been a while since they have led both championships. I would hazard a guess that it was some point in the earlier part of 2018 that was the last time they led both titles. So do you think that this will hold them back, that lack of recent experience? Uh, 100%. I think it could be really treacherous ground for Ferrari. And when you look at the obvious competitors in Red Bull, Red Bull have form. You look at how they performed in 2021. They came up against the now eight-time Constructors champions in a row at that point. And right at the death, when it looked like the championship was about to fall away from them, the, the team kept their cool. Yes, okay, you can argue they got a stroke of luck, but there was a lot of strategy that went into those decisions, such as the safety car restarts, that they made the right strategic decisions for. You look back to the, the four times in a row where they won their titles as well, between 2010 and 2013. Um, they had two years there where it came down very close to the wire, and look how they turned it around. So as a team in the last decade or so, They've pulled some results out of the bag when they've needed to, when it gets a bit techy, when it gets a little bit worrying, when it's a little bit of squeaky bum time at the end. When was the last time that Ferrari successfully won a championship with only a couple of races to go? Kimi Raikkonen, 07, is probably the last time I could think about it. Um, last race. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's probably the last time I could think of where they successfully won the title with a kind of a... A, a, a last grab, a last opportunity to, to get their hands on the title. So if it comes down to it and we end up getting to the point where, I don't know, we're on race 21 or 22 and there is still only 20 points between the, dri- the, the constructors and, I don't know, 10 points between the drivers, you need to look to someone who has been in situations of championship winning form before. You need to look at Bonotto. Bonotto, who is a Ferrari lifer who's been here for such a long time. He was here when Schumacher was winning championships in Ferrari. The man has tasted success with the Tafosi before. And you need to hope that he is able to rally the team, keep everyone have a le- allow everyone to have a level head, get the drivers motivated, and gear them up for the fight properly. On the other side of the, the pits where you've got Red Bull, Christian Horn is a, you know, a veteran at this now. So is Max Verstappen. He's been through the ringer. He went up against Lewis Hamilton for that long. It's taught him a trick or two. Sergio Perez has been around long enough to know how to execute a race strategy to make the most of something. Carlos Sainz is still relatively new to the sport in comparison to Sergio Perez. And Max Verstappen is still a young man in comparison to the bloody three of us, which is painful to say, let alone world championship status. But he's got the experience behind him because of how early he came into the sport. Ferrari need to look to Bonotto to keep a level head if they get into that situation. I personally believe Ferrari need to you know, grab this early advantage and run away as much as they can. Take every advantage they can get. Make the most of every power track going. Utilise their power unit. Because Red Bull, if they're going to have issues that they need to sort out for a couple of races with reliability, you've got to capitalise on that immediately. Put the gap between you now and let them do the hunting. Because hunting causes panic. Panic causes mistakes. Mistakes means dropped points. So... Yeah, I think Ferrari could struggle if it gets close. Bogotto needs to rally the troops. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll start with the point you ended on there with Bonotto because um, Bonotto keeping a level head for me is, is not an issue. I, I, I think the guy is generally pretty unflappable. Um, my issue is the other side of it, which is does Bonotto strike you as a motivator? Does he strike you as this guy who does rally the troops? To me, I don't see it. I don't think he's a guy who exudes confidence. Um, so I do have I do have a few question marks there. Um, yeah, I think there is the potential generally that Ferrari 
um, will lose out as a result of a lack of recent experience. But also from a team and driver's perspective, because Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz are in a similar position, um, in, a, in a similar negative position to the team themselves, because Leclerc might have won races, but he hasn't been the, in a title battle. And Sainz hasn't won a race. So they are suffering from an experience, a lack of experience there. Um, and yeah, if there are questions about whether how they'll perform in crunch time, it's even more of a reason to say they need to make hay while the sun shines. They need to get as many points as they can early in the year. So even if they do have a mini meltdown later in the year, it might not matter. Um, and with Hamilton and Verstappen, particularly Verstappen with last year, Verstappen's first championship battle was possibly the most Titanic he'll ever be involved in. It's like it's like taking up, um, going up mountains, and the first one you do is Everest. Everything after that should pale in comparison. So I think he set up pretty well for success. Ferrari, maybe they'll be in a bit of trouble. Um, but at this point in the season, they should be fine. Bold predictions. Let's have it, Sam. Ah, okay. Let's be having you. Good. Where Good. are you? Where are you? It's very niche. Very <laughs> niche. British reference again. Um, thanks, Good Delia. Good old Delia. Um, <laughs> she's the Norwich City owner, if anyone's interested. Look it up. Delia Smith, Norwich City. Where are you? It's, she's definitely absolutely smashed on Claret as well. Um, yep. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. On to the world predictions. On to the F1 again. Let's get back on track, folks. Um, I'm going to go with... I don't think... Well, now you know how the cars perform. My prediction last time doesn't seem too ridiculous. Two harsh drivers in the points, right? That could feasibly happen this time around. So I'm going to keep it a relative at the same level and go the opposite way. I'm going to look at a team that usually is very successful. Uh, I'm going to say that one Mercedes driver on pace alone will not finish in the points at Jeddah. Spicy. Very spicy indeed. So I... I... <laughs> Imagine saying that at any point in the last, well, decade. Um, so, no Mercedes... <laughs> well, sorry, one one Mercedes driver will not be in the top 10, and the reason will be they aren't quick enough. That is a Correct. bold prediction, sir. That is a very bold prediction. Harry, what have you got? You are one for one this year. Um, Yeah, one for... That'll be it, just one. Uh, my bold prediction is that only half the field's going to finish. Exactly. <laughs> Ten cars. <sighs> Ten cars. That is Ten all. cars are going to finish. Wow. I mean, give, given it is early in the year, reliability questions, plus you've also got Jeddah. It being Jeddah, maybe it's not a terrible shout. I don't know. That's a You're lot of You're getting way time. too big for your boots. He's had one successful prediction and he's gone, you know what? I'm going to blow it all out of the water. I'll be, I'll be right every time. You arrogance reeks off your son. Honestly, <laughs> who does he think he is? Um, wow, those are... I, I wish I hadn't gone last. Put it that way. Uh, mine doesn't quite stack up, I don't think. So it always happens. Ferrari had a great weekend last weekend. Ferrari were fantastic. First place, second place, maximum points. Um, and if there's anything I know about Ferrari is that they, they don't do good things that often. So um, <laughs> no, no Ferrari on the podium. Ooh, okay. I think we've that's a trio of spicy, spicy predictions. 
That's quite bold, Ben. They literally were one-two last week. Yeah, it's quite bold. Yeah, but it's Ferrari. Okay, Fair they'll news. find a way. I like it. They almost like crashed it. into each other last year at Jeddah, so true. Maybe there's that. Poll one, two, three. I've given you a slight spoiler on mine, so I'll, I'll kick off uh, with saying that I do think it is going to be a resurgent weekend for both Red Bull and Max Verstappen. So. Um, Pole position, Max Verstappen. First place, Max Verstappen. A Red Bull 1-2 with Sergio Perez in second. Uh, and then I've got Lewis Hamilton once again in third. Harry, pole 1-2-3. I'm also going Max Verstappen for pole. But for the win, I have the belief in God Leclerc. So Charles Leclerc will win from Max Verstappen. And Georgie Russ will claim his first podium in third. My overall season prediction likes that a lot. Uh, I want to say first podium. First podium that counts. Yeah, it's his first podium. Don't worry. No argument again. <laughs> Sam, poll one, two, three. Uh, I'm going to join you, Benjamin, in the Red Bull domination. Uh, Verstappen will get pole. Verstappen will win the race. Uh, Sergio Perez will be in second. And Gog Leclerc will be in third. Interesting stuff. Um, let us know your poll one, two, three in the Discord, on Twitter. Always very interested to hear. And of course, bold predictions as well. Uh, I'd be interested to know if yours are as bold as ours or even bolder. Um, before we move on, since we are talking about uh, predictions and the like, um, F1 Fantasy update. So, 237 of you. I just need to nip out a second. <coughs> no, 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 stay, stay up for this, Harry. <laughs> this is important. Harry, you've done so well in so many things. Sit down. Yeah. Uh, 237 of you signed up. So massive thank you. We, we decided to do it and thought, oh, you know, maybe 10 people will show up. So 237 is, is massively humbling. Um, leading the way, Blake A, 357 points. Big lead as well. Um, Joel C in second with 292. Uh, and then Jake coming in, Jake H at 283. That's the top three at the moment. Jake didn't use his Mega Driver, though, so um, he's the leader of those that didn't choose that. Sam's doing pretty well for himself. He's in a tie for fifth place. Woo! Go me! Very good start. I, I had a solid start as well. 15th out of 237. That'll do. Very nice. Did... Oh, no. <laughs> 167, Uh <laughs> Oh, oh no! <laughs> look, look, Max Verstappen and McLaren have done me dirty there. They've done me dirty. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh. You... <laughs> Again, this is going to be a niche British football reference. Do you remember that shot from Emil Heskey that went out for a throw-in? <laughs> that, that was you. True. Yeah. Uh, whisker away, Harry. Whisker away. I have a question. Am I allowed to change it now? I don't have to keep this for the rest of yeah, the year. Yeah, you can make yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you, McLaren. <laughs> Bye. I'll keep you, Max. You're probably all right. But... <laughs> Can't wait for McLaren to be one two this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's let's move on um, because Stefano Domenicali had some interesting comments today um, about the F1 calendar. So it seems as if Las Vegas is on the horizon as an F1 venue. And as we know, Las Vegas has a storied uh, history in F1. It went very well last time in the early 1980s. So what could possibly go wrong this time? Um, Caesar, Caesar. Caesar's Palace is rocking. But also, Africa was mentioned as another destination. Appreciate that's pretty vague, but it is what he said. Um, Africa is potentially going to host a race for the first time, God, since I think early to mid-90s, so it's been a while. Uh, and he also said that 30 races is a possibility due to the uh, due to the interest that it currently exists in F1, which I guess the interest being there is a good thing, but 30 races, we'll discuss whether that's a good thing or not. Sam, what's your thoughts? Las Vegas, Africa, 30 races. Uh, let's take it as you laid it out there. Uh, Caesar's Palace. Well, it's definitely got the palace of great motorsport, is it? It definitely hasn't delivered, you know, the royalty in terms of um, racing history. It was pretty rubbish. It was essentially like going around in a car park. And, you know, Caesar's Palace, it might be rocking, but I definitely won't come knocking because I don't want to visit back there anytime soon. You've got... So many great racetracks around the US. We've already got two Grand Prix here, so I don't entirely know if we need a third one. But um, I like that we're trying to grow the US market. A lot of our podcast listeners are from the US. Hello, America. Um, You are the majority of our listeners. And it's definitely a market that's becoming more and more interesting in Formula 1. But do we need to recreate something that was so woeful the first time we went there. I don't think so. You've got so many brilliant Grand Prix that could have some work done to them to bring them up to the grade that is required for Formula 1. You know, um, Watkins Glen comes to mind. Laguna Seca comes to mind. Um, Daytona would be amazing. Indy again would be fantastic. I'd like to see us redeem our reputation at Indy. That would be nice. Um, You know, we've already built a new track in Miami. And, uh, of course, Kota is always acceptable. It's never the worst race of the season. We have some good moments at Kota. So... Uh, Caesar's Palace to me is a big, big no-go unless they come up with a completely new track layout and build something from scratch, which I just don't know what you're going to really be able to do with that. Um, I guess it could just be in the desert. Um, so, yeah. Is, it, no. is, this, is the actual suggestion to go back to Caesar's Palace? No, I think it will be... Uh... Oh, Christ. Yeah. Thank, Thank God, God for that. No car parks, I'm afraid. Well, nonetheless... Pick something else that exists, because there's plenty of good ones. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on to the second point. Africa. Um, firstly, Stefano, I'm going to come out and say that you just saying there should be a race in Africa is almost offensive, I think. Too often do people just categorise 
the continent of Africa as one place. It's bigger than Europe by a bloody mile. Uh, more than a mile, to be quite honest with you. It's larger than a <laughs> lot of bloody areas that we visit as a sport. You know, there's countries in there in Africa as a continent, because it's a continent, not a country. The United Kingdom, which we all are from, you could fit us into many countries multiple times in Africa. You know, so do some research. Think about your words carefully and maybe suggest a couple of countries that could be options for races in the continent of Africa. Even if you just said something like Kialami from South Africa, that would be fine. That's acceptable. Kialami is a fantastic racetrack. I would not have an issue with going back there. Of course, I believe that was the most recent track in the continent of Africa to host a race uh, from that area of the world. Um, and I'll be all right with that. That's fine. On the concept of having 30 races across one season... The only perk I can think of, very selfishly, is that you lot will listen to this podcast more often. That is all I can think of. And we love that. I absolutely love that you're going to turn up hopefully 30 times out of 30. Possibly, if you don't get wound up by us by that point. Do it for the listen, um, Stefano. Do it for the yeah. listens. <laughs> Thank you, Stefano, for doing it for the downloads. We appreciate it. Other than that reason, um. it's a horrible idea. 23 almost feels like it's too much. You've got to remember there's only 52 weeks in a year for those that, I don't know, didn't attend any form of school. Um, that is almost every other weekend across an entire year that has a race. And you've tried to compress it into less than nine months. That is intense. That is intense for viewers. It is intense for family members. It is intense for the, the poor mechanics that have to actually remember turn up on the, you know, the Wednesday, set everything up, and then take it down again on the Monday and drive it or fly it or transport it to the next corporate. It's not just drivers who have a race, get on a plane, and then fly to the next one. There's a lot of background work and a lot of admin staff and a lot of, you know, uh, computing staff, software engineers, all that kind of stuff that you don't see. It doesn't get a lot of light shone on it. They have to travel the bloody world. And I've heard from people in the industry that I, you know, I work in the gaming industry and there's a lot of crossover there, that it is horrible. It's a nightmare to deal with that. You don't see your family, you don't get to go home, and it's tiring and knackering, and they don't really get paid enough for it, despite F1 being such a glamorous, glamorous world. Now, Ben, I think it was you that brought this up a little while ago when we had the initial discussion of 23 races about a rolling calendar. If you want to have 30 races, then there are surely enough tracks in the world where you could have a standard calendar of 15 tracks that we go to every single season, and then you could have another six or five of those tracks that we have on a revolving basis of a three-year basis. So you have the 15 guaranteed tracks, and then you take five from that extra 15 that you've come up with that would together would add 30. You go, right, 20, 20 race season. And then the next year, you have the 15 that we go to, and you take the next five, you've got another 20 race season. And then the third year, you do the same. And then we come back to the start again. You have a three-year revolving calendar. The fact that you're struggling to find new tracks and having to build ones in Caesar's Palace tells me that you're not using the resources available to you already. And 30 is exhausting for anyone that has to follow the roadshow around the world that is Formula 1. I think it's insensitive. Um, and apart from the fact that I get to watch more racing on the TV, which of course is lovely. I love watching Formula 1. It needs to be thought through better. And I think a revolving calendar is probably the more sensible way to go. It also spices up the calendar. We get new tracks every year, which would be lovely. So there's my two cents. Um, very interesting what obviously the both of you think and everyone in the community let us know in the discord on, on twitter at Breaking. what do you think of a 30 race calendar seems a lot yeah um, what you said on Las Vegas certainly rings true um, yeah I mean I'm not surprised at all that they're trying to go there and everything that we're seeing in terms of 
drive to survive the, the american market is absolutely popping which is fantastic to see generally um so i'm not surprised that um they are trying to get three races there and i'm su not surprised at all that it's um it's looking like it will be a street circuit rather than one of the traditional circuits that sam mentioned that are great um but it's not a surprise to see them go in that direction rather than the circuit direction um I agree. I, I completely agree with what you said on Africa. I think it was insulting the way he said it. Um, the fact that a country that has over 50, um, as a, a continent that has 50 countries in it, that you have to just label it as one continent that hasn't had a race in over 25 years and say, oh, maybe we can give them one. I think it is. I, I think it was poor. Um, and realistically, what is, I, I guess, also poor is that really there's only about three or four countries that I think Formula One would actually think about going to. Um, you know, South Africa being one of them, as you mentioned, Sam. You know, Morocco, Egypt. I doubt they would go anywhere outside of those three, to be perfectly honest, but um, we'll, we'll see. Um, so I, I'm 100% that there should be a South African Grand Prix or there should be at least one race in Africa. I think there should be more um, at some point. Um but yeah, thirty races a season. Come on now, this this isn't okay. Um, just I, we've already had a couple of British football references, so I feel the need to balance it out with an American reference, an American sports reference. Uh, and I'm sure, and I'm one. sure my friends across the pond are going to tell me off and tell me I'm wrong here. But there are four major sports in America. You've got baseball you've got ice hockey you've got basketball and then you've got football american football is weird term it and of the four it's the nfl it's american football that that performs the best quite comfortably in terms of viewing figures and overall interest and there are a number of reasons for that but one of the key reasons i think is the amount of urgency in each game that takes place so at the moment there are 17 regular season games for each team every year so it's important to win like if you go on a five game losing streak your season's looking in danger already the other three sports they're doing fine but you get either 82 or 162 regular games in a year you can go on five game losing streaks 10 game losing streaks, and it doesn't matter and i think you you really do jeopardize that the more races you have the the more the less important each one becomes to the overall standings now obviously you don't want to go too far the other way to the point where you've only got like three races and you don't have a true measure of who the championship be but by the time you get to 30 each each race becomes less and less important the more you add into it so from a pure sporting standpoint i don't actually think it's a good idea and it's not even like we're talking about 30 games here excuse me <coughs> oh man well, I am actually dying. Um, He's so angry. <laughs> I do actually have COVID, by the way. Um, do you really? Do you actually? I do. Um, oh my God, discovery on the podcast? the podcast? What? Yeah. I'm right. okay, that's horrible. <clears throat> oh, sorry, ben. That's all right. Um, yeah, so that's why my, my, uh, my voice might be struggling a little bit here. But um, yeah, thir 30 races in a year. Yeah, you do get to the point where it becomes unimportant. Just from a sporting perspective as well. And then you do get into the point of the teams and the toll that it takes. It's not fair. To the point where there is a, obviously now a, um, a salary cap. 
to the point where you these teams aren't going to be wanting to hire two people for each role to allow for them to do 15 races each. They're not going to they, they can't do that within the confines of the the salary cap and also develop the car. So these guys are just going to be overstretched to the point where it's dangerous. So I would absolutely not go for 30 races. Sam's right with the rolling contract, the uh, the revolving contract. Um, I I would I've been banging on about that for years, and I'll continue to do so. I think it's a good idea. Harry, what's uh, what's your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I don't have actually too much else to add from what you guys said. I mean, I'll go for a small defence on the part of um, Steve Sunday. I don't think in his in his in his comments he actually was at least for now, seriously suggesting we would. I think his point was more about the popularity of the sport. Yeah. But that being said, we just don't talk about it. Talk, talk about it anyway, because we, we don't need 30 races that, uh, for all the reasons you've already mentioned. Just, you know, uh, the toll it'll take on the you know humans working within the sport. And then I, I, I think it saturates it. I just don't think you need that many races. You've got to build. And, I mean, we love F on me and we'll watch it every weekend if it was on but at some point i think you need to be able to just build build some anticipation for for a race you can't just have them one after the other as much as we would love all of you to listen to us for 30 weekends in a row um so yeah uh, it's just too much I, I hope they don't go if they go further than what we currently have i really hope it's not much further but ideally it wouldn't go any further than 23 in my view um las vegas no offense if you live there but don't think we need a race in Las Vegas. I get why emerging American emerging American market, but we, learn from your mistakes. Caesar's Palace, just go. If no one's seen the race at Caesar, Caesar's Palace, go on YouTube it because when Sam said it's like in a car park, it's it's literally in a car park. I'd, like, I'd just take Harry's word for it. Don't don't go through the pain of having <laughs> don't waste to, your time. To look at don't it. waste your time. It's like if you imagine like a, a child setting up a racetrack on one of those those mats you get as a as a kid, oh. and they put a put a little little racetrack around it with like Lego or something, and um, that was Caesar's Palace. That was the racetrack. There. The kids' one would probably uh, be better. It was it was pretty. Yeah. Arguably, yes. So yeah, um, and again, I totally agree with all the all the points you raised about racing in um, Africa. That was a, a poor, another poor comment from Stefano. You know, I'd be happy to go back to Kyle but again, this comes back to we gotta we gotta stop at some point. You can't just keep going to races everywhere around the world because there's there's human human lives involved in this sport, and otherwise, I think it'll get to a point where it'll it'll they'll, you know people will crack, and then that's gonna damage the sport because people will crack and they won't be able to carry on with that sort of schedule and we won't have a sport and you know for what seven more races don't do it steve don't do it no, trust me to get a dig in at sprint races in here but i am gonna do a quick dig at sprint races that was that was the <laughs> argument with with them wasn't it it was a case of well they're at the track on friday but three you know three days of competitive running is better than two it's like okay fine but Surely four is then better than three, and five is better than four. You've got, you've got to stop somewhere. So, yeah. But just to get that dig in as well. Nice. Well nice. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Moving on, because um, COVID boy wants to talk about COVID. Um, <laughs> should drivers be allowed to race when they have COVID? This is this has been presented to a few drivers uh, over the last week or so. Some differing opinions. Um, you know, Perez, who of course missed a couple of races two years ago, um, he thinks it's something we should look to address. Carlos Sainz saying perhaps we should move on and get on with our lives, and and it should be allowed. Insinuating that Hamilton, he of course was out with COVID. Um, back end of uh, 2020, he's saying that maybe it's you know better not to risk it. Um, so there are some differing opinions on the grid. Sam, do you have an opinion one way or the other? Should drivers be allowed to race if they feel well enough despite having COVID? So the argument for the from some people in when drivers should be allowed to race if they have contracted COVID and tested positive is that no other illness is currently banned. No other illness is enforced to make you sit out of the sport. You can have any illness currently. Um, I'm sure people will step in if I don't know you picked up Ebola or something or you know Berg flu. You might step in and go, mm, is that sensible? Um, Arguably. I'm not going to race with a bowler. Yeah, you know, right? It's a pretty <laughs> horrid, horrid illness to have. Um, and, and they're saying, you know, nothing else is, is, is sensitive. We're all perfectly fit and healthy individuals. We can have the right health care. We'll let it pass. Um, now, I disagree with that logic. And if you're going to give that logic, I believe that, okay, fair enough, bringing a rule that bangs uh, driving when you contract other areas. COVID has been proven to be more fatal than a lot of things to a lot of people who are usually unhealthy or, or vulnerable people, such as the elderly or those who have already got some form of um, chronic illness or terminal illness or something like that. Um, COVID has proven that to fit and healthy people, like the top athletes of the world, it can still cause severe health problems. Lewis Hamilton said so himself. If you've watched Drive to Survive even, he mentions at Silverstone, why are there so many people here? I'm anxious about it. I don't want to contract that again. It was the worst two weeks of my life, are the words he said. And Lewis Hamilton is arguably one of the physically fittest drivers on the grid. So, should drivers be allowed to race if they contract COVID? No, I don't think they should. And it's not just for the sake of, hey, you should be healthy, you should let yourself rest. There are other people involved in this sport that aren't racing drivers. Um, the engineers, who we've already spoken about in the 30 race point of view, they are tired. They have got families. They have got to deal with a lot. They don't get paid anywhere near the amount of a racing driver. Should an engineer who is lower down the hierarchy go, okay, yeah, I'll put your steering wheel in and then I'll scratch my face. Oh, great. I've picked up COVID. Oh, great. The entire team has been wiped out because we haven't isolated our driver. Is that fair? Is that okay? I don't think so. Another example, if a driver crashes around the track, uh, what happens if those drivers have a conversation? Or even worse, what if a marshal comes out to make sure that someone's okay? A volunteer who is there in their local track, who will go home to a family or will see friends, and they might not get tested because, you know, they might not have heard the news that someone's positive. How do they help someone who's got a contagious illness that could be fatal for them? Is that fair to give that to someone? I don't think it is. And if your argument is, well... 
if you've got the common cold, the common cold has been arguably proven that it's nowhere near as fatal. And if it takes the common cold to be ruled out of the Formula 1 race, then I'd rather you have to sit out. Because it's not a joke. It's not something we should just brush away now. Now we're moving on, you know, with life. I get that the pandemic is relatively moving on, but people's health still matters. And the idea of racing with COVID and then potentially giving it to half the grid, the entire F1 paddock, fans, if you meet them, you never know the level of impact that you might have by going, oh, I'm asymptomatic, but I tested positive. I don't care. I don't care what level of COVID severity you have. I don't want you racing. I don't want you around people. End of. End of debate. Harry, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think drivers should be allowed to race if they have COVID? Um, look, we we are we are. Two fun fact for you for us Brits listening to this as we record. It's two years today that we were put in lockdown. So there oh. you go. Happy oh. happy lockdown day. Um, so we are we are as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm concerned, two years into this pandemic now, and look, we've learned a lot. We've developed vaccines faster than any time in history and it's saved a lot of people and yes there is a point we have to start getting on with, with your lives etc but there's still more to learn and i'm sure there will become a point where you can get covid and it's fine because it's it's become it's mutated into the common cold flu whatever and it won't make a difference but that is not the time it's not today it's not this year as i said we're only two years in like this is going to take a little bit longer and saying you can just wander around the F1 paddock with COVID, just a bit, bit nuts. Because like Sam says, you you know, it's fine if one, one person gets it, but you can spread it to the entire paddock. And what if lots of them get really ill, even with the vaccine, if they've had the vaccine, get really ill and you, you wipe out an entire team. And then what are you left with? Then you've got no t- a, a race with no team. I think F1 has been very lucky, and I'm going to touch wood here, that in the past two years... A driver that's gone out with COVID has had no, zero impact on a driver's championship. We have been extremely lucky in that in that sense, and I don't think we should start trying to risk that now because the uproar and look, it can't be helped, but and it might ha- it might still happen, but we should try and limit the possibilities. The uproar if one of the title contenders goes down with COVID in the last remaining races. I mean, what if Hamilton in 2020 was still fighting the championship when he, he got COVID? So, yeah, it just doesn't seem doesn't seem worth the risk. And like I say, I'm sure there will come a day when we, when we can, you know, carry on as normal without it. But I think for the time being, isolation times are, are coming down as we learn more about it. I think that's fine. But we should still drivers anyone should still have to isolate if you get covid it's just a sensible safe thing to do so i get people's eagerness i get why the conversations come about because it does seem like there's a bit we're at the light at the end of the tunnel moment but we're still slightly in the tunnel guys it's not quite light yet so we'll get there but the time it's not now I can't wait for us to put together these um, these quotes at the end of the podcast and Ben to Ben or whoever is going to do the social post to go Harry Eid, it's not light yet. What a quote! <laughs> it's one of my favourites, actually. That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think overall, um, some of the drivers are only looking at part of the part of the problem here. Because there is the wellness part of the problem, which I think is what the drivers are focused on. Um, you know, if I feel well enough to race or if I don't feel well enough to race, I want to make that decision. Okay, that's great. That's that's one side of it. 
but that's also only looking at that side of it is a bit selfish in my opinion because you do also have the spreading part of it um it, it doesn't necessarily matter how affected you are by it that doesn't this doesn't correlate to how you are spreading it to other people and i i could not imagine a situation where a driver is allowed to race because they have covid and then they infect the entire team i i, I think it would be careless needlessly careless at this point in time so, on the on the wellness side of it as well i would say this that obviously f1 is a massively high risk sport safety's evolved to a point to an astounding point now but it is still at its core a high risk sport and if a driver is below 100% and is out there and is at more risk of making uh, an error that harms themselves or other people that i don't think that's okay bear in mind that you know the drivers are going to be looking out for themselves naturally and so are the teams the teams are going to be looking out for themselves and their drivers they're there to get as many points as possible because points means prizes and points means money like of course they're going to do everything they can to to improve their chances so naturally they are going to want to avoid a situation where they don't race as much as possible and it would if we just left this to the drivers i think they need to be protected from themselves because i think some of them would go ahead and race when they absolutely shouldn't and i don't want could you imagine a situation where a driver is out there at 75 percent but doesn't want to lose any points in the championship and ends up making an, a, an error that he wouldn't normally make that results in a, a massive crash it'd be horrible and I think that the drivers need to be protected from making that decision. Uh, and generally speaking, this isn't just about F1, to be honest. It's about COVID more generally. But the risk of COVID is not determined by the amount of attention you pay it. Like, you can say as much as you want, we should move on or we shouldn't move on. The, the risk and, and the transmission is not affected by your own opinion of it, of, of how much interest you want to pay it. It's there whether you want to look at it or not. Okay, that's going to shock a lot. I know, <laughs> crazy stuff here. So yes, I I understand that people do want to move on. I get it, but I think we still need to pay attention, and we just need to. I'm with Lewis Hamilton on this. I don't think it's worth the risk. If you get COVID, don't race. Um, and I think they should make they should keep that as a rule. I think John Burko is uh, is ready. It's another British reference, folks. I'm sorry. It's been a it's been an episode full of them. But um, Speaker of the House of Commons, uh, John Burko is ready, which means Sam's ready as we get ready to play F1 order, please. It's coming. I promise you. Please. Go on then. It's coming. I promise. I'm coming. I've, I've pressed the button and everything. I definitely <laughs> sing these live, folks. I definitely sing them live, I promise. No, no, no. Nothing no, to no, see no. here. It's, it's just a button on Sam's shoulder. That's all we do. <laughs> We're so professional. Well, this is a nightmare. Shall we cut this bit out? Order! Okay, well, it plays that one. I mean, that's... That's the wrong one. Whether it's a can of Coca-Cola or a lump of cheese... Or we're ordering drivers by the size of their knees. This game is full of facts, just you wait and see. This is Formula One. Oh dear, oh dear, please. You just needed a bit of encouragement from John Burko, didn't you? 
I was so <laughs> I was so shocked that you had COVID, Ben. That I just had to compose myself. That was that's, oh. that's fair. That's fair. No, I, I I pressed the button and everything, and it was just not happening. Anyway, good. Sorry about that, folks. F one order, please. If you haven't uh, listened along to this game before, I'll let you know how it goes down. So it'll be Sam versus Harry. Uh, I've got six lists in front of me that they have not yet heard or seen. Um, and there are four items in each list and they will have to order them in a certain way. So it could be four drivers from oldest to youngest or most races to least races. Uh, if they get it right, they get a point, And more importantly, they get to hear this. Order! Confirming that they have got the order correct. However, if they don't get it right, it is passed over to the other player. They can either neglect to try and solve what they've got wrong. I won't stipulate. I won't say how they've got it wrong. But if they do want to try and steal the point and they get it wrong as well, they lose a point. Um, So if the score ends up at about nil-nil, don't be surprised because that's probably what ended up last time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was one nil last time after six questions. That shows how badly we were. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you'll understand as we get into it. So, um, Sam, you can go first this time. What number would you like? Uh, Is it between 1 and 6, or is it between 103 and 109, or what am I picking here? Well, if it was between 103 and 109, there'd be seven numbers, so it's not that. Um, (laughs) It's between 1 and 6. Good. Brilliant me. Well done. Um, I'll have number 2, please, because I'm poo at this. All right, we're going to go with uh, Williams wins. Wins for Williams oh. from these four drivers. Ah. From most to least. Uh, yeah, most to least. Uh, Mansell, Nigel Mansell, Dr. Nigel. I'm right Alan Prost. Yeah. Dill, Damon Hill. And our absolute favourite, Mr. Chunky, Juan Pablo Montoya. Oh... My God, I've got literally, like, they're all really good. Can I just say that? Is that a point, please, Dr. Mansell? Ooh, um, no, not quite. Okay. Right. It's not true. Most most to least. Uh, yes. I'm going to say most, Dill, then Mansell, then Prost, then Mr. Chunky. It is not correct, I'm afraid. Harry, would Shock. you like the opportunity to steal, or are you going to leave this one alone? Um, I'll, I'll steal. Oh, can't you're going to try you can't and steal. Resist it. <laughs> How are you changing up Sam's answer? Uh, so, hang on, so you said Dill, Mansell, Prost, Chunky. Um, <laughs> so I will go for... That's tricky because actually I'm thinking maybe that's what I would have gone for originally. Uh, I'll go for Mr. Chunky. Can't have had more than Anna Prost. No chance. <laughs> I'll I'll put Mansell first, then Dill, and I'll keep Prost and Chunky. Same okay, so you got Mansell, Hill, Prost, Montoya. Correct. Chunky. Yeah. Yeah. That was oh, right. Yeah! <laughs> he didn't say anything. You can see on his face where he's finding the bloody button. I hate it. Sam was very close, but it is uh, Mansell, then Hill. So Mansell had 28, Damon Hill had 21, Prost had 7, and Montoya had 4. 
Harry, you, you get a point, and you also get the next question. Which one would you like? Oof. What number was Sam's? Two. I'll go for one then, please. Okay, I want from best to worst, I want you to say where these guys finished in their first ever race. So oh best ever first race to worst ever first race. Lewis Hamilton. They're not all on the same race. No, not the same race. L- right. <laughs> so Lewis Hamilton. Yep. Kimi Raikkonen. Yep. Jacques Villeneuve. Ah. And, Nico, and Nico Rosberg. <laughs> okay. Best. Ow. I bit of my tongue. <laughs> Best. Um, I'll go for. Oh. Best I'll go for. Jacques Villeneuve. That pains me God, to say that. does, doesn't it? Second, I'll go for Hamilton. Yep. Third, I'll go for Raikkonen. And then fourth, I'll go for Rogsberg. <laughs> so, Villeneuve, Hamilton, Raikkonen, Rosberg. Yes. Order! Oh, I hate this game. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Jacques, Jacques Villeneuve finished second at his first race. Lewis Hamilton was also on the podium, but he finished third at his first race. Kimi Raikkonen scored a point. He was sixth. Uh, and then Nico Rosberg was seventh in his first race for Williams. So, well done. Another point for you, Harry. Sam, back to you. Anything between three and six? Well, not be the amount of points that I'm scoring in this bloody game show. Um, I'll have five, please. Oh, this is my favourite one. Oh, that means it's the <laughs> hardest one. It, Yeah, it might be. Um... I, I do like this one. So it, this is actually in aid of uh, Big Zonts' birthday today. Um, so I want oh. you to tell me from earliest to latest what year these Brazilian drivers debuted in. So the oh, first for one sake. naturally is Ricardo Zonta. Zonta. Ricardo Rossit is the second one. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Enrique Bernaldi is the third one. And Mauricio Googleman. Oh, can I Google Goog- that? Sorry, I didn't quite pronounce that right, did I? Googleman. 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 I write this down and I've literally written the word Googleman, so don't worry about be, it. Big Mo, <laughs> as he was sometimes called. Big Mo. Big Zon. Um, I mean, he was actually called um, Big Mo, though. That's yeah. We haven't even made that one up. Oh. And I'm I'm giving earliest to latest or most recent to earliest. Earliest to latest. Okay. Um, Bernaldi, Zonta, Google Man, and then Rossit. So you're saying uh, Bernaldi debuted first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then yes. it was. Zons, right? I think I said Zons. Yes, I said Zons. Zons, then Guzman, and then um, and then Ricardo Rossi. <laughs> I can't. I Google it, man. <laughs> uh, you might wish you could. I'm afraid that's not correct. Harry, would you like to try not. and steal this one? Absolutely not. I've got Good no call. Um, 
The earliest was Big Mo, Google Man. Uh, he <laughs> debuted in nineteen. He he debuted in nineteen eighty eight. Um, after that was Ricardo Rossett in nineteen ninety six. Then Big Zonts in ninety nine, and then Enrique Bernaldi in two thousand and one. I got them literally all in the wrong place. That is amazing. Yeah, if you put if you put Google Man and Rossett the other way around. You would have been spot on wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever played Wordle, folks, this is like the F1 of Wordle, and I rubbish at it. <laughs> okay, well, Harry, you're still 2 0 up. What number would you like next? Six, please. Okay. I want you to name from most to least uh, how many seasons these drivers have raced in. Oh, that's. Easy. Jarno Trulli. Daniel Ricciardo. Jackie Stewart. And Nico Rosberg. It's not easy. I'll take it back. Right. Got to count my fingers here, <laughs> folks. Okay, Jarno Trulli. The Trulli train. Choo-choo. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! Please, Thank please God for all accountants. Hang on. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll do Ricardo first because I know that one. Ricardo, he started in eleven. What if it's a half season? They all count. He started racing 11, a season. 12, Thirteen. Oh yeah, he's he's done twelve. Good. Then we go for Yana Trilli. What's he done? When did he start? He started in the 90s. Good one. <laughs> if you only need to be that precise, Sam would have got the right, last one right. Um, so he did. Look, you'll guess it right anyway. You get them all right because you just guess and it's somehow correct. Play the bloody lottery, mate. Rosberg. So I'll go for Trilly, Ricardo, Rosberg, Jackie. Trilly, Ricardo, Rosberg, Stewart. Was that right? Yes. Yes. Trilly, Ricardo, Rosberg, Stewart. Yes. Oh, damn! <laughs> Sam is absolutely having a mare. <laughs> That was actually my order if I was going to steal it as well. Oh, God. Out of interest, so, I mean, you were right with saying Ricardo's done 12 seasons. Did you have numbers on the other ones? <laughs> I think Tr- Trilly's done... He was in 97? Did he start in 97? Yes, I think it was, yeah. 90... I was... And then he did 2011. So that's... Which, yes, 50. 14, 14, it's 15 I've got 15, written down here and that would be 15 I think so that makes sense and then Robert did 10 or 11 11 11 I don't know how many just Jack Stewart that was, that was uh, he did 9 so uh, yeah 3-0 uh, this is becoming a bit like Newcastle for you I'm afraid son but um, what are you on about do you... go away Coventry boy <laughs> <laughs> I'm fuming I'm so angry <laughs> number three or number four, Sam? Oh, well, I'm going to lose four, Neil, so I might as well choose number four. 
This one's all about Lewis Hamilton. From right. most to least, how many wins he's got at each of these circuits. Oh, crap. I'm going to have to write this down because I forget the bloody right. names. All right. Barcelona. 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 Monaco. Yeah. Hungary. Yeah. And Suzuka. Yeah. Uh, so, most to least. Most to least. Um, oh, I'm torn between two. Oh, which is great because that's 50% of the answer. So, that's brilliant. Um, most, I'm going to say Hungary. Then I'm going to say Barcelona. Then I'm going to say Monaco. And then I'm going to say Suzuka. I'm already wrong. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm, I've quit the game. Andrew See you later. Head. Bye. <laughs> Harry, would you like to steal this or not? No. Do you... Absolutely not. Sam's going to love this because I thought he was going to get this right as well. He was so close. He just needed the last two the other way around. I mean, folks, Sam's actually, actually left. left. There's just two people on the screen now. Sam's got up and walked off. Hungary, uh, eight race wins. Barcelona, six. Uh, he's going to love this because there's only one between these as well. Suzuka, four and Monaco, three. Two, I was told between, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Sam. Alright, last one, Harry. Um, well, uh, do you want do you want I number three? Number <laughs> oh, number fantastic. Three, so, I've got four circuits here, Harry. I want you to name them from longest to shortest in terms of uh, overall distance um so appropriately we'll start off with Jeddah, and then we've got kota zanvoort and barcelona um Jeddah, kota barcelona zanvoort i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> it's correct oh, it's correct oh, He's unstoppable, this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Jeddah, 6.1k. Kota, 5.5. Barcelona, 4.6. Zandvoort, 4.3. That was Sam, the easiest question no, I've ever heard. Right <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Sam, your prediction was right. You did lose 4-0. Great! Brilliant! I'm so happy. I'm enthralled. I love this podcast. Uh. Wow, that was. Uh, you know what? I know that I, I I know this isn't um, customary for this segment, but I'm going to bring him in um, after a four nil drubbing. I think Dave deserves a bit of action here. The gunge is more enjoyable than, than losing to Harry, to be honest. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Well, I'd ask you to... I'd ask this for you to sing us out, Sam, but I don't know if the button's going to work or not, so we'll soon find out. <laughs> Give it a whirl. Whether it's a can of Coca-Cola or a lump of cheese 
Or ordering drivers by the size of their knees. This game is full of facts, just you wait and see. This is Formula One. Order, order, please. One of these days, I'm actually oh. going to have to go around and measure the knees of these drivers in order to live up to the theme song. At least I'll do something all right on these quizzes. It'd be, good. It'd be a good order. Can you order these four drivers' knee size? It'd be an interesting one. I'll give you that. Um... <laughs> We're going to be back for in a few days for a review, aren't we, Sam? If you wouldn't mind getting us out of here until then. No. All right. <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Because the only thing I get in this bloody podcast anyway. Um, <laughs> if you've enjoyed watching, listening, whatever it is with your bloody senses, me struggle. Um, Please subscribe or leave a review or come back on Sunday after the race. We'll be here right after the race. I'll hopefully be on better form. Maybe my bold prediction will come true. That'll be a nice justification. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. You know, do leave a review if you have a laugh, if you find it fun. If you haven't enjoyed it, thanks for listening. We'll see you another time. Don't leave a bad review, please, please. Um, if, if for some reason you bloody love the podcast, if you love watching me suffer... We've got um, Patreon. Have a look at it. There are changes coming to Patreon to always make it better as well. Uh, we've also got merch up on the store. We're always wanting to put up new merch. If there's an idea you've got for merch, drop us a message and we can maybe knock it up. Um, and finally, yeah, the Discord. Join the Discord. Nearly 500 people in the Discord now, which is absolutely baffling and so humbling. So thank you for your support on that one. Um, in the meantime, I have gotten every single thing wrong and I'll see you on Sunday. I've been Ben Hockick. I'm in Big Mo Google Man. Google Man. Keep breaking late. I'm miserable. Sports Social Podcast Network.